Welcome to the Talking Tenancies podcast, brought to you by the Residential Tenancies Authority. I'm your host, Belinda Hyde. Join me as we explore everything you need to know about renting in Queensland with experts from the RTA and industry. We're here to help make renting work for everyone. If a tenant or property manager owner ends a fixed term agreement before the end date without sufficient reason, they are breaking the agreement, also known as breaking the lease. A tenancy agreement is a legally binding agreement and when broken may result in the need for compensation. Today's expert from the RTA is Matt Sturgis, Manager in Customer Experience. Welcome, Matt. Thank you. Now, uh, can you tell us about your role at the RTA and uh, what you're responsible for? Of course. Uh, so I'm one of the customer experience managers. I'm currently looking after our contact centre and dispute resolution teams. Excellent. And uh, you're a busy man. You've been running around all afternoon. We've been trying to catch you. So today we're going to talk about breaking a lease. And uh, it's uh, a topic that, uh, you know, you get a lot of calls on in, in the uh, customer experience centre. And... Um, it's one that often causes confusion for both tenants and managing parties. So, firstly, if I'm a tenant and I want to break my lease, what do I need to do and what do I need to consider? Oh, you're absolutely right. It's a um, fantastically confusing yes. uh, topic at times, but I suppose what we're going to look at trying to do is, is simplify that for, for everyone out there. Um, so if you're a tenant and you're looking to, to break your lease, uh, I suppose the first thing that we'd always encourage is to speak to your managing party or your landlord directly mm-hmm. uh, to let them know about your intentions and, and see if everyone can come to a mutual agreement over ending the tenancy. Mm-hmm. And if you are doing that and everyone's in agreement, make sure you, you cover off some of the finer details about uh, when the tenancy is going to end, if there's any compensation or anything to be paid um, afterwards because the lease is ending early. Um, and, and bits and pieces like that and make sure it's all documented. Mm-hmm. If there's anything that is contingent on uh, either party agreeing to the end of the tenancy, uh, it needs to be documented and, and covered by both parties just in case there is any uh, discrepancies further down the line. If no mutual agreement can be met and uh, the tenant, as, as a tenant you still need to break your lease, um, your role changes, you need to move interstate, you need to move to a different location, uh, or whatever happens, uh, as 2020 mm. told us, anything mm-hmm. can happen. Yeah, um, You can't always help, and sometimes you do need to end that lease agreement early. So when that happens and you can't come to a mutual agreement, uh, as a tenant, you'll need to give a notice of your intention to leave. So that's uh, a form that you can grab from the RTA's website. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll need to complete that in full and provide that to your property manager, landlord, uh, directly. Uh, and that includes stuff like what date you intend to hand over uh, vacant possession of the property. Um, and that really details what your intentions are for them to provide them notice so that they then can, uh, I suppose, prepare the property for the next tenant potentially, mm-hmm. uh, start advertising for a new tenant and, and bits and pieces like that. So although there's no official uh, time frame that you need to provide when you're breaking a lease, because you may find out that you need to move within two days. Yeah. Um, we would always encourage that you give as much notice as possible mm-hmm. to your, your landlord or uh, to the managing party so that they can, um, I suppose, work on, on trying to find a new tenant and, and work on ways to minimise the costs that they are 
going to incur or they, they may incur mm. as a result of a lease being rendered. So, um, you know, when we look at the costs associated with that, uh, what kind of costs can a tenant be expected to pay when they do break a lease? So uh, I suppose when looking at this, the first thing we need to remember is that that tenancy agreement is a legally binding document. It's a legally yep. binding agreement for a fixed term, uh, unless you've rolled over into a periodic agreement. Yeah. Uh, a periodic tenancy, rather, which is um, yeah, slightly different. But when we're, we're talking about breaking a lease, we're, we're generally talking about breaking that fixed term agreement. Uh, what that means is compensation may need to be paid. Mm-hmm. So a tenant who is breaking the lease must pay, uh, still pay their usual rent up until they vacate the property and keys are, are handed over and vacant possession of the premises is handed over as per the notice. Uh, a tenant after that point, we may be looking, or we're, we're now talking about compensation uh, for, for losses that are incurred as a result of a breach of the agreement. Uh, and that can include stuff like loss of rent can be sought as compensation. Now, when we talk about compensation, the Act is pretty clear that we're looking at reasonable costs that are incurred as a result of the tenancy agreement being breached. So a common one is that loss of rent that is as a result of a tenant leave uh, ending their agreement early and that they may be required to pay until that loss is no longer being incurred. So a common example there is a new tenant is found. Mm. Um, so it may be reasonable that the outgoing tenant still pays that or pays that compensation for loss of rent up until the moment the new tenant moves in yep. and that's no longer a cost being incurred. Yep. There are other costs that the, the tenant or the, the landlord may uh, incur as a result of the tenant ending the, the agreement early um, and I suppose this is where we look at stuff like if there are advertising advertising costs that are involved with finding a new tenant, yep. um, if a landlord is charged a reletting fee from the managing party or the agency that they would not have incurred had the lease, um, the original agreement been ongoing. Uh, these are all common. Um, so other common costs that um, we see when we're talking about breaking a lease agreement are things like um, advertising costs. If the managing party needs to re-advertise the premises online um, or through other channels, as well as um, what's known as a re-letting fee, mm -hmm. uh, which is a cost that's charged to the landlord, which they would not have been, which they would not have incurred had the lease agreement been continuing. Yeah. So, again, what we're looking at is, is that reasonable to be charged? And, and that's where things can get a bit uh, even more difficult. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> You know, and we were just talking about this a moment ago. I mean, what what can be considered reasonable? Like, what's some what's some examples there? Yeah, so I suppose you have got your um, more stock standard yeah. uh, costs that can be incurred at the end of any lease. So that could be if there's any um, damage to the premises, or if there's any repairs that need to be hap uh, that happen as a result of uh, uh, so the tenants' actions in moving out or during the premises, mm -hmm. uh, through to ones that are a bit more uh, specific, uh, which can um, be based on what the intention is with the property. Mm. Uh, a common example we hear about here at the RTA is where there's no ex uh, no intention of a landlord of reletting out the premises. Right. So a cost like a reletting fee yep. um, would generally not be incurred if that's the case. Mm. So that shouldn't be passed on to the tenant if that land if that cost isn't being incurred by the landlord. Uh, and then we get into the, the wonderful world of rent compensation. Mm. Now, if there's no intention of reletting the premises, 
this is where it can become quite tricky. Mm. Um, uh, an example I can provide is if there was 10 months left on the lease agreement yep. and uh, the lease is broken, uh, there's an argument to say that if there's no intention to relet the premises, uh, then the loss of rent hasn't been caused by the tenant moving out. Yep. It's been caused by the fact there's no intention to, to relet. Yeah. Uh, if there's only a few weeks left of the, the agreement, um, it could be seen differently. Yeah. And that's where it could be seen where if there was only three more weeks left um, and there was no intention to relet after that, uh, there's still three weeks worth of rent that isn't going to be um, covered. Mm. Um, as a result of uh, the lease being broken. So that may be considered reasonable. Uh, here at the RTA, we can't determine what that is. Mm. It, it is up to parties to communicate on and um, where possible have those open, honest conversations about what each party feels is reasonable. Mm. And if there can't be agreement, then that's something that may be settled through the, the bond process or um, eventually down the line in QCAT if required. Yeah. And, and touching on when there's only a few weeks left of the, the lease agreement, um, again, there's another argument to say would charging a relating cost be reasonable? Again, if there was only two or three weeks left of the fixed term agreement and the landlord was about to incur that cost through the, the property management agency anyway, it may not be deemed reasonable to pass that on to, mm. to the tenant. And also uh, situations where the premises is then relet at a higher cost uh, after the um, tenant has said that they will be leaving. If that rent is discouraging new tenants from applying for the premises, mm. um, that may be seen as the property manager or the landlord failing to mitigate their own loss mm. if they're looking to substantially increase the, the rent or do so in a manner which isn't consistent with what's happening in the market. Mm. Uh, the length of time left on the tenancy uh, can also play a part with that one as well. Similar to before, if there was no intention of um, renting the property, if there was 10 months left and uh, the rent's being advertised at a, a higher amount, that may not be seen as reasonable. Uh, whereas if there was only a couple more weeks left yeah. and um, the market has gone up or... Um, something else has happened uh, to the premises to, to warrant the increase uh, that may may be seen as reasonable and, and compensation could still be sought in that scenario yeah um, and again as with before it's up to parties to agree on this there, there's no uh, black and white uh, rules for compensation but mm. there are clear guidelines that they both parties can work within uh, and where no agreement can be reached uh, there is the process through the RTA's dispute service or eventually through the tribunal to seek a decision. Yeah, and I guess um, it's it's a good rule of thumb to, to have wherever the, the term reasonable is mentioned is to communicate and <laughs> negotiate. Um, so in the case where a tenant finds another tenant to take over the lease after they leave, what, what are the implications of this? So, again, that's, a, I suppose, a common scenario that tenants will look to help mitigate the loss mm. by, by finding a replacement to take over the lease. Uh, however, in, in some situations, this is, is not always the most favourable course of action. Um, a lot of times there are processes that agents and landlords have in place to, to find and vet a suitable tenant for their rental property. Um, so, even though you find someone that you feel suitable, obviously the, the agency... Um, or the, the landlord may still be required or they may require further checks to be done before they can just accept the, the application. 
Uh, if a tenant does bring another tenant on board without consulting the, the agent and landlord, it becomes difficult for the managing party to exercise due diligence required uh, to find that appropriate tenant who's a good fit for them and the property. Uh, and there still may be, be costs that are incurred with mm. this process as well. Um, if background checks incur a fee, again, talking about compensation beforehand, that's another one where uh, the reasonable cost may be passed on to the outgoing tenant. Um, as it's part of that managing party's um, process in, in finding uh, a suitable replacement. Yeah. So if a managing party wants to end the tenancy early, is is that possible? Yes. So a, a tenancy can be ended early from a managing party, um, but it wouldn't be the same as breaking a lease from a tenant point yeah. of view. Um, there are reasons under the Act uh, which allow a managing party or a landlord to to end a tenancy agreement early. Um, so similarly with um, tenants, we'd always encourage that people talk first. Mm. Um, so if a landlord needs to move back into the property for whatever reason, if they need it vacant for uh, a particular purpose, um, it's always about speaking um, openly and honestly between yeah. both parties first. Mm. Um, and like with when a tenant um, is seeking to end their agreement, uh, there may be uh, stipulations involved with with coming to that agreement. So some of the common things that we hear here um, is stuff like tenants would then incur moving costs uh, as a result of that uh, tenancy being yeah. ended early. Yeah. Um, so we'd always encourage uh, everyone that when they are talking, they, they consider some of those finer details around what's required um, and what's reasonable mm. um, as part of agreeing to end that tenancy. Um, then if there's, there's no mutual agreement that can be reached, uh, we'd be looking at what else the Act allows um, a, a landlord or a managing party to do. Uh, and if mutual agreement is met, again, make sure it's captured in writing, uh, just in case there's any, uh, any issues further down the track. Um, a common way that a landlord can end a, a tenancy agreement is to actually apply through um, the Queensland Civil and Administrative Tribunal or QCAT, as it's affectionately known, uh, for reasons such as if they're suffering excessive hardship as a result of a tenancy continuing, if there are breaches of the tenancy agreement that have happened and they've been rectified, but they are continuing issues to that are, are repeated um, within a 12-month period. Um, and there's also if there is a breach of the, the agreement that is unremedied, providing all the appropriate notices are served to, to the tenant. Um, if they're not rectified within the time frame, they can be asked to leave. Uh, again, a common one for that, I suppose, is if there is um, damage to the property that has been done or rent arrears that are outstanding um, yep. that hasn't that haven't been paid. Um, but as with everything, we'd encourage people to talk openly uh, before these issues are uh, occur. Uh, ideally, no surprises is the the best surprise. Yeah, and uh, if you if you want to know more about uh, the the breach sort of process, uh, we've uh, just captured that in another episode. So, in an instance of excessive hardship, like you've just mentioned, for either a tenant or a managing party, what are their options? If a tenant or a landlord believes they would suffer excessive hardship if a tenancy is to continue, they have two options. Uh, as we've discussed before, the first option is always to discuss with the other party and try to mutually agree on ending the tenancy. Uh, the same considerations around timeframes and compensations that we talked about earlier should be considered. Um, but if the excessive hardship we're talking about is financial hardship, we'd always encourage people to put themselves in the other person's shoes 
um, when negotiating or um, coming to that mutual agreement. The second option is to make that urgent application through to QCAT um, and seek a ruling from an adjudicator based on the individual circumstances and the evidence that uh, they're able to present at the tribunal. And um, so the, the tribunal will obviously follow that evidence process? Yeah, the tribunal follows an evidence-based process. So the person who is applying to QCAT to terminate the tenancy must be able to show how they would face excessive hardship if the tenancy was not terminated. Um, so it does need to be, be backed up with evidence. It, mm. it can't just be based on, on word of mouth, I suppose. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to consider when we're breaking a lease. So thanks, Matt, for helping us to get a greater understanding on everything we need to know about breaking a lease. As always, if there are issues in the tenancy, let the other party know as soon as possible and talk to each other to come up with a workable solution. For more information, visit rta.qld.gov.au. Thank you for listening to the Talking Tenancies podcast. For more information about the Residential Tenancies Authority, visit rta.qld.gov.au.